Chains by Lori Halsey Anderson, Chapter 30 Monday, September 16th through Saturday, September 21st, 1776 The British Army paraded up Broadway the next day, cheered by loyalists all wearing a red ribbon or flower in their hats in support of the king. I did not see this, of course. I overheard the report that Madame gave the master as they ate supper that eve with their house guests, the two officers who had moved into the bedchambers on the top floor. The highest-ranking men of the British Army had taken over the empty rebel mansions. Lower-grade officers had moved in with loyalist families who had suitable furniture and staff, such as the Lochtons. Only we didn't have a staff. Becky had vanished, her rooms at the Oliver Street boarding house abandoned. I was the only servant in the house. It mattered not. My bones were hollow sticks, my bread pen empty. I cooked a chicken and toasted potatoes and carrots. I left the chicken over the fire too long because Madame ordered the silver polished and the table linens ironed in honor of her guests. The bird was so dry it near splintered the tongues of the officers. Madame let loose on me in the kitchen after the gentleman had taken Master Lockton to Ashley's Tavern for a night of beer drinking and pipe smoking. It mattered not. When Madame finished scolding me, I see to my evening chores, cleaning out the ashes from the bedchamber fireplaces and carrying them outside, bringing in the firewood and laying the fires in case the night turned cold, turning down the beds, cleaning up for supper, and sweeping the floor. When I finally laid down to sleep, I set Ruth's doll beside my head. I had stopped kissing it goodnight. I did not say prayers. My bones were hollow and my bread and pen empty. Madame ran me like a donkey all the next day, then demanded that I stay awake all night to make rolls for breakfast because the bakers in town were rebels, and they had fled. I did as she ordered and ruined two perfectly fine batches of dough. I threw them down the privy and baked cornbread deep in the night, for that was one thing my hands knew how to bake. The cornbread burned to charcoal when I fell asleep, head on the table. It mattered not. Three mornings after the invasion, a message was delivered to the master as I served the coffee. I set the note on a small silver tray and carried it into the drawing room. The officers were in the middle of excusing themselves from the table, buttoning up their coats and putting on their hats. After the master said his good days to them, he opened the note. A social invitation, Madame asked. Or business? Neither, Lockton said. It's a desperate plea. He handed the note across to his wife. Aunt Seymour is in need of our cell. All of the Dutch girls fled, and she is without servants. Madame snatched the paper from his hand. Surely she can do for herself. We have company. Why should we go without a servant? We have only two men lodging here. Somehow, Aunt has managed to take on a dozen Hesian brutes. She requires our assistance. Madame gave a little shudder. Hessians, hmm, the hired soldiers from Germany had a fearsome reputation. She crumbled the paper. I will not perform housework like a common wench. Tell her to hire someone. The times demand sacrifices, Anne, just for a week or so. Women will soon come to the city looking for work, and you and your aunt or our aunt will be able to hire a full staff. 
Madam scowled into her cup. You favor her over me, Elu. It's unseemly. Lockton wiped his mouth with his serviette. The loan of a girl is the least we owe her. I hope you regret your decision to send away the sister. Even small hands would be helpful now. His mention of Ruth so startled me, I near dropped the tray. Madam bit back the hot words in her mouth, picked up her serviette, and cleaned off her chin. You will clean the kitchen and prepare the dinner, girl. Then... You will take yourself to the house of Lady Seymour and do what she requires of you. Lockton shook his head. No, Sal, you will leave immediately. I took a clean apron and Ruth's doll with me so Lady, to Lady Seymour's house. In truth, I do not walk there quickly. In truth, I dawdled something fierce. Folks said that Haitian soldiers were fire-breathing monsters who walked about with swords drawn and blood on their chins. I figured that would be as bad as madam. I was near correct. They did not breathe fire, though they spat when they talked. Nor did they walk around waving their swords, though some sported knives in their boots. None had blood on their chins except when they ate rare cooked meat. I found it hard not to stare at the enormous mustaches that sprouted under their noses, especially when the men combed and waxed them and twirled them at the ends. Their speech sounded like they were swallowing rocks, but Lady Seymour understood them. She learned the German from her husband, she said, same way she learned the Dutch. There were all manner of secrets locked in that old skull. When I served them supper my first night, a couple of them said, Donka to me. Lady Seymour explained that Danke is German talk for thank you. She told me not to be afeard, that they were just soldiers far away from home. A couple of them were fond of her cat, she pointed out. How could men who liked cats be bad? She tolerated them fair enough, except for the muddy boots on the furniture and when they spread butter on their bread with their thumbs. That made her gasp and go pink in the face. I practiced saying, Danke, when alone. The work at the Seymour house was every bit as tiring as it had been at Madam's, more so because there were more mouths to feed and boots to clean and basins to fill and linens to wash and coats to beat, free of dust. Lady Seymour made sure I ate a proper meal three times a day and let me sleep in the tiny attic bedchamber on the bed where I laid af after my time in the stocks. It was hot up there, but there were no mice nor worms on the floor when it rained. The city swelled by the hour with loyalist refugees who wanted to live under the protection of British cannons. Some of the folk returning from exile were surprised to find strangers had taken over their houses and were sleeping in their beds and wearing the clothes they left behind. There were many fistfights, a great deal of name-calling and threats of duels. The British didn't mix in with the arguments. They had war on the brain, drilling their soldiers for, from sunup to sundown. At the middle Dutch church, they pulled out the pulpit, the pews, and the floorboards and let the houses of the light dragoons practice. Horses in a house of the Lord made some folks grumble, including Lady Seymour. Up to the tea water pump, I found only unfamiliar faces, slaves who had freed themselves by joining the British. I cannot bring myself to speak to them. 
the old man we called grandfather had vanished. Maybe he had started his own revolution and led Curson and the other slaves over the River Jordan to freedom. A fanciful notion. Twas useless to ponder such things. Friday stretched long and longer because the Haitians had moved in five more of their countrymen. I heard Lady Seymour arguing with the fellow in charge, but he would not listen to her pleas. I spent the afternoon chopping a field's worth of cabbage while a half-pig roasted in the pit dug by the men in the flower garden. The soldiers ate their supper and drank more beer than I thought a body could hold. They lost the few manners they possessed and used the table linens after blowing their noses. It was a relief when they finally left for merrymaking elsewhere. I prepared a tray of supper and served it to the Lady Seymour in her bedchamber, the one room where she could find peace. When my chores were done, I climbed to my attic room, kicked off my shoes, and lay down on the bed without even removing my skirt or bodice. Ruth's doll lay next to my head, her eyes staring up at the ceiling. I knew I ought pray for Ruth, or for Mama, or for anything. I ought just pray. But the words would not come. I feared the spirit had left me. I slept. When I woke, the city of New York was consumed with burning hellfire. <laughs>